1: Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously.
0: Two major new elements with today's episode of the Hamumu Halloween Home.
1: Horror. Hoedown. Excellent. I got two of them. You got the last two dead on. Those aren't the hard ones. Oh, I mean, maybe they are. I don't know. It's all hard. Two major new elements. Two major new elements. Because we are actually, we have joined our listeners in 2024 at this point. Oh, we are officially amazing. recording in 2024. So what has 2024 brought us? Well, number one,
0: Christmas presents.
1: Christmas presents? That's
0: right. We now have two fancy professional microphones will say fancier than what we used to have they
1: can't see us we can say whatever we want oh yeah
0: top end cutting edge microphones that they use lucasfilm uses these microphones with they've got shock mounts they're on stands and they're plugged into a uh, a piece of technology that puts them together and puts sends them to the computers <laughs> whatever that's called. That's
1: is that the technical term? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's yeah. what they call it. It's kind of a long term, but that's yeah. the common term.
1: I mean, the greatest part of this is that we got all this new technology and yet we are still recording in the vastness of our echoey living room. I know. So I'm sure we still sound like we're in a tin can. With these camp. microphones, it's not going to matter.
0: This is technology. It fixes everything. The other new element that we've got going on is, at least in this particular episode, we didn't take notes.
1: And when you say that, by that, you mean you literally took no notes. No, I wrote down, talk to me,
0: 2023,
1: prime dollar sign. Yes. I have half a page of notes which
0: excessive
1: which really uh, relatively is the equivalent of me taking no notes but that's my new that's my new vibe my theme for the year 2024 my theme is less is more
0: less is more
1: so i'm i'm going to uh bring a much better style of analysis and thought to this podcast um By not taking any notes and not being uh, too concerned with the details.
0: Yeah, don't be bound to reality. Just blow things out of your brain. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Excellent. Now the problem is we don't know what movie we saw.
1: Right, because it was a couple days ago. So, good thing though, you wrote down...
0: The name of the movie, Talk Talk to to me Me, from 2023, which we watched on Prime and paid money for.
1: Talk to Me was an Australian film.
0: Yeah, that's a fun thing to do. We watch Australian things now.
1: We do. We watch a lot of Australian things, New Zealand things, Mm -hmm. all of those. And it had a, uh, I don't know if haunted is the right word, possessed. I don't know. It had a magic embalmed hand Mm -hmm. that when you shook hands with it and said the right things, spoilers, talk to me. Are the, is the right thing to say. It's
0: a pretty early spoiler.
1: You are brought into this realm where you can see a dead person.
0: Mm-hmm. It's and scary.
1: if you say another right thing, I let I you let in... I
0: let you in.
1: Mm-hmm. Then they can possess you.
0: Which is a weird thing that apparently is like getting high.
1: Yes. Because the premise of this movie is that there are these teenagers who have somehow... Uh, gained access to this hand and have discovered that this is a thing that happens. They know they can only do it for 90 seconds, but this is like what they do. It's sort of like their equivalent of the the Ouija board, only it's real.
0: Yeah. And it's not really explained how they've arrived at 90 seconds, but I feel like that means some bad things have happened previously.
1: Well, it's definitely suggested throughout the movie that this hand has been passed from person to person. And yeah. that like, there are some people who reach a point where they're like, yeah, I don't want this in my life anymore. And then instead of destroying it, <laughs> they're just like, here, you take it.
0: Yeah. It's uh, it's kind of like the ring, but entirely voluntary.
1: Yes. Yes. I had strong drug analogy vibes. It was very much as they were doing this, a bunch of teenagers sitting around in the basement doing drugs. And like you said, you know, having this like get high and kind of addiction feeling. And there were the two kids who had the hand who were kind of the like dealers. And then, you know, the other people came in and they you know, oh, here you can do it once. And then they wanted to do it afterwards. There was a lot of parallels there.
0: Yeah. The nice thing about it is it doesn't get used up or cost any money. It's just, just keep using the hand all night.
1: I mean, to be honest, that seems kind of unrealistic because in this day and age with humans being how they are, I would have thought that this would be something they would charge for. Because once you have someone addicted to something, you charge for it
0: yeah but they were just friends hanging out having a good time everybody's having fun
1: you say that but the main character mia nobody really seemed to like her all that much
0: (laughs) it seems like they had good reason by the end
1: yeah and then you say everyone's having a good time and i feel like one of the other main characters riley who was the youngest one there Mm -hmm. uh, the little brother to jade tagging along was not really having a good time most of the time
0: yeah but i mean part of that was he was like come on let me have a try and really that's that's when he had even less good of a time it turns out but
1: yeah i mean he was he was so much younger by that i mean he was like a couple years younger but you know in teenage years that's a lot he was so much younger that they didn't really want to let him be a part of it his sister in particular was like you're too young and mom will kill me and that sort of thing yeah but he he also just like didn't really fit in with the group like he was definitely an outsider Oh yeah
0: i mean i it was weird that he went along to so much of this stuff like i think it came down to like her mom was like busy working all the time or whatever and so she was in charge of him Mm -hmm. and so it was kind of like you have to come with me because i have to watch you so Mm -hmm. you're coming to my weird teenage grown-up drug things
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think Mia kind of pressured to let him come along, too, because she liked him as like, you know, like as a little brother kind of a thing, but not a little brother you have to actually live with and take care of. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like the, ah, he's so cute and goofy, and I like to have him around because she only has to have him around some of the time.
0: But a lot of the time, because she basically lived at Jade's house, which is... Strange, because she did have a dad who had a house that she went to, and I don't know. It was it was weird.
1: Well, I mean, she and her dad were estranged because of her mother's death, mm-hmm. and this was like the family that, you know, when you're a teenager and your relationship with your parents is bad, the grass is greener at somebody else's house, you know? Of course. Because Jade's mom didn't do the things parents do that make you mad as a teenager, so... You know, she liked being there, but it definitely became an issue later because when everything went south for Riley, immediately it was like Jade and her mom both were like, why are you always around? Why did you force yourself into our family? Like they said some really, really hurtful things. I
0: mean, it's because she was kind of responsible for Riley doing the hand thing because at the handshaking party, Riley wanted to do the hand thing. Mm hmm. And Jade was like, no, that's bad. But she didn't forbid it, really. She was just like, no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. And she got fed up with the whole experience and left. And so Mia was left there with Riley and she was like, oh, it, it'll be fun. We'll, we'll do it. And right. they so she's kind of responsible.
1: They did this whole compromise of like, oh, well, he'll just do it for 20 seconds yeah. or whatever. Even though we had already seen multiple times where once these people were possessed, it was very difficult to pull the hand out of their hand Mm -hmm. and break the connection and blow out the candle, which supposedly closed the door to the spirit world. But also we had seen that they could make those people whose bodies they were inhabiting do things like they could fling them around the room and like bang them up against the walls and knock over the chair that they were strapped to.
0: Well, yeah, they had a whole safety factor where they strapped them tightly to the chair, but The chair chair could get flung around the room. Right. It was just
1: loose sitting there in the room. And sometimes it was like the flimsiest little, like, side (laughs) chair you could find. I'm like, that strap isn't even like the strap is about to fall off the top of the chair anyway. So, between those things and the fact that the first time anyone performed the ritual when Riley was in the room, the ghost that inhabited that person, I think it was Mia, pointed him out and was like, they like you. Like There was so much foreshadowing to suggest that things were going to be bad if he participated. And then Mia was just like, it's fine. We'll just do it for 20 seconds. It's no big deal.
0: It turned out to be a big deal though. It did. And that's just one of the big deals, though, because before this, Mia had done it for the first time. And again, same problem. They couldn't get the hand off of her after 90 seconds was up. Mm. And so she ended up overdoing it and she started seeing ghosts around afterwards.
1: Hers was just by a little bit. Mm -hmm. Riley's was by much longer. I mean, it was way worse for Riley because like, it wasn't just that... The ghost stayed in him, but while even during that first 90 seconds, like that ghost was bashing his head against the table, like slamming him against the wall, like, oh,
0: it was doing
1: bad it was damage. Bad. That was
0: very hard to watch. It was yes, it was self-destruction
1: Yes it was horrific yeah so the two of them i mean obviously if you ever come across the embodied hand of a psychic that uh, allows you to see dead people that whole 90 second thing
0: very important yeah it's not like a speed limit where you go five over Mm-mm. you just, just stay under real simple
1: to the point where i might almost suggest cut it off like at i don't know 80 seconds Give sure. yourself a little time because that hand likes to hold on.
0: This podcast, we like to provide useful life tips, and mm-hmm. that's the thing. Mm-hmm. And this applies specifically to embalmed hands that are wrapped in ceramic.
1: Yes, and and covered with all kinds of like writing in different languages. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it all said, but yeah. 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 yeah, so if
0: yours is just a dead person's hand that's not wrapped in ceramic, go for it. You Probably know, fine. However long you want.
1: Yeah, I came away from this movie in my notes with two major truths. That's what my note taking this year is limited to like
0: two truths big... and a lie. <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> big thoughts that are inspired by the movie or maybe connections that are inspired by the movie so my big thoughts from this movie the first mm-hmm. one was teenagers are terrifying teenagers
0: my chemical romance told us mm. about this and it is mm-hmm. true teenagers are beanbags that's they're, their song i think it was uh, it's something close like that. it's close yeah
1: yeah they're they're terrifying i don't understand anything that they do mm-hmm. and that makes me feel very old <laughs> I mean I know I used to be like that whole scene where there were a bunch of them all just hanging out and being stupid and like yelling and making terrible choices together like I know I was there at one point in my life and at this stage at 45 I can't really remember it anymore
0: it was it was a while ago it was a long
1: time ago As evidenced by the fact that I just picked up my first pair of progressive lenses today. Yeah. Woo. Woo. Anyway, second major truth from this movie, ghosts lie.
0: Right. And they they were told that. They knew that. It just didn't click. Whenever I see, you know, in a movie, a hallucination type scene and they're like, oh, there's my dead grandpa talking to me. Mm -hmm. I'm always like, okay, sure, you see your dead grandpa, but... Since you know he's dead, you must know this is a hallucination. But that's not how it works, Soli. Hallucinations are not just something you see. They're something your brain tells you is real. So it's very hard to dismiss because it, it's your brain creating it. So it's not as simple as just, oh, visual input that's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's it's brain input. It's mm-hmm. facts that you, are, you believe them because... It's your brain doing it. Yeah. And it's hard to wrap your head around that.
1: And in movies like this, I guess in real life too, often it's something that you kind of want to believe. Like you want to believe that you're talking to your grandpa again. You want to believe that you're getting to ask your dead mom the question burning question that you never got to ask her or find out answers about, you know, the questionable thing, the questions that surrounded her death, like in Mia's case. And yeah, so she she like bought in hook, line, and sinker that this was her mom and she like not only embraced the idea of this ghost being around her, but like when she had the opportunity and she had the hand and she did the ritual again, she like did the ritual, found her mom's ghost, invited her in and then forget 90 seconds. Like she cuddled up with her for the night, like for a very long time. Like she was just all in on this ghost thing.
0: Yeah the movie left it open there was no point where like the ghost was like looking over her shoulder looking at us i mean like <laughs> for a lot of the time you're wondering whether could this really be her mom helping her out unlike all the other evil
1: ghosts here's the thing here's how i knew it wasn't her mom the point after her dad cuz you know she the, the strain between her and her dad was that like she felt like there was something about her mom's death that she, he was keeping from her. Mm-hmm. Well, he was. He kept from her the fact that it was suicide and let you know he told her it was an accident, you know, it was an overdose on sleeping pills. He told her it was an accident. So eventually she calls him out on that. He says, "You know what? You're right. Here's the letter that she left that was very clear." And then oh, right. And then immediately after that, like she doesn't want to hear it. She goes to her room and we're seeing these two scenes and we're in the room with her. And the ghost mom is telling her that the dad is lying to her and that he's scary. And the dad is like trying to break in through the door and attack Mm -hmm. her. And then at the same time, we're jumping to the living room where her dad is sitting in the living room by himself looking in her backpack and like wondering how he repairs the relationship with his daughter right so that was the point where i was like oh this isn't her mom this is a ghost lying to her and like not Mm -hmm. only lying to her, but causing her to have, she thinks her dad is doing something that he's not even doing. He's not even in the room and she thinks he's attacking her.
0: That came up a lot where like the person seeing the ghost, we see them like interacting with something that Mm -hmm. turns out to be a ghost, but you know, we feel like it's something really attacking them or whatever. And it turns out they're just completely wrong about what's happening. Mm -hmm. And they might be sucking on a real person's toes themselves or stabbing their dad in the neck or whatever. Mm -hmm. You never know.
1: Yeah. It was, it was a rough life for Mia.
0: Mm -hmm. It was very tragic. Yeah. For sure.
1: So we bring these two pieces together, Mia being possessed by this ghost that she thinks is her mom and who basically can tell her anything and she does it. Yeah. And who is telling her that the world is out to get her basically. And Riley, who is possessed by like all the other ghosts ever. (laughs) And is like in a coma because of what happened and ghost mom sends mia to go put riley out of his misery
0: well not it is putting him out of his misery but it's it's what will save him because they've been told repeatedly that if you die while the ghosts are inside you they have you forever and Mm -hmm. somehow her mom is like oh if you kill him it'll be great because i'll save him and pull him Mm -hmm. away No, nothing Mia saw in the whole movie was real. It was all nonsense. Yeah. She was being exploited.
1: By whom, though? Ghosts. So the ghosts were real.
0: Ghosts are liars. I learned that on this podcast.
1: Yes, indeed. Wait, so the ghosts were real, they just weren't who they
0: portrayed
1: themselves to be? Like there were spirits or demons or something pretending to be?
0: Yeah, it's like everything that they showed her was false Mm. like even you know she she met a little ghost girl on riley's bed and was like hey can i see riley and that's how she saw the horribleness
1: that was where we learned that the i let you in goes both ways
0: yeah that was Mm -hmm. fun that was fun yeah or 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 we didn't maybe that was all in her head too
1: because the whole
0: thing was just messing with mia's head that's the whole movie
1: yeah okay so the beginning of the movie had you had like a cold open with these two brothers where one of the brothers clearly is like deep in the addiction and the other one is trying to get him out and the addicted brother stabs the other brother and then stabs himself and then we jump to this other time now toward the end of the movie after riley's been hurt we see the stabbed brother who tried to save his other brother mm-hmm. is still alive. That was a surprise.
0: Surprising
1: twist. They pull the cold open back in, and it turns out that the guy who has the hand now got it from that brother yeah. after all of that stuff who was went like, down.
0: This is terrible. I don't want it anymore. And he was like, I'll go play with it with
1: my friends. Right. He's like, I mean, what kind of person does that? Like, <laughs> I have this possessed hand. It caused my brother to hallucinate our dead father, stab me, and then stab himself to death. Here, you can have it.
0: Yeah, I don't want this anymore. Someone else should have it. You know what it is? I have the same issue. It's it's frugality. You know, you don't want this hand to go to waste. Somebody should be using it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's on par with people who, like, donate expired canned goods to the food pantry. (laughs) This might kill me, but you seem desperate. Yeah,
0: and... Just like that, it causes hallucinations sometimes. (laughs) Right. Let's go grand finale style.
1: Okay. I'm ready.
0: Mia is at the hospital. She finagles being alone with Riley so that she can murder him. Mm -hmm. I might not be remembering this right. She can't bring herself to do it directly, so instead she gets him in a wheelchair and runs him out or is it
1: i don't remember what the situation was at the hospital but whatever happens she decides she puts him in a wheelchair and she takes him out to the road because if if it was a case of i can't do it here the easier thing to do is to throw him into traffic
0: (laughs) i don't know but that's
1: what her plan was i feel
0: like there was some element of i can't do this myself but you know if i just throw him in traffic then the car is going to hit him and that's not me.
1: I guess. But I, I don't know. Was playing on the earlier scene where Mia and Riley, Mia had picked Riley up after, I don't know, some practice or something at school. And they were driving home and there was a an injured kangaroo in the road. Yes, And Riley was like, you have to put it out of its misery. And Mia couldn't bring herself. I mean, I guess what he wanted her to do was run it over Again,
0: That's at least where she started to go. And
1: and she ended up not being able to, and she didn't, you know, she just drove away. And there was like this guilt around letting the the kangaroo suffer.
0: Yeah. Which ties in big time.
1: Yeah. So now she is having a hard time doing this herself with Riley to put him out of his misery. And so she decides to take his wheelchair like across a field and down a hill and just she's just gonna like (laughs) dump truck drop him into a busy like freeway
0: yeah and hope he gets hit and if he doesn't then what's she gonna do scrape him up
1: which i mean i don't know that i could do any of it myself like i I don't i've never like intentionally killed another living thing that wasn't an insect or a fish (laughs) but i do kind of understand the idea of like this this creature is so damaged there's no saving it the humane thing to do is to stop its pain mm-hmm. which aside is a thing that we believe for animals but don't believe for human beings
0: I mean there's there's battles about just, it for human beings there's just gonna
1: say just th- gonna there put are that out there.
0: there are people on the other side who not
1: very fight many, with though. it though. There are a lot of people who would be like, of course I would put my dog out of its misery.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Anyway, running something over with a car in no way feels like the humane way to do that. Not yeah, for a not for sketchy. a kangaroo, not for your friend's well, possessed little brother.
0: Yeah, it, it gets even less humane when what you're doing is rolling him down a hill and flinging him into traffic and hoping that kills him. <laughs> like, that's... That's real sketchy. Right? But she was not of sound mind.
1: She was of sound mind with the kangaroo, though. And when he wouldn't, I mean, he was the one who wanted it to happen. And when she wouldn't do it and she left, she did say like, well, someone else will come along and hit it. I'm like, what?
0: (laughs) See, she really likes to rely on cars being out there in the roads.
1: I guess so. Anyway, it doesn't come down to that. No. Because Jade realizes she has been tricked into leaving her brother unsupervised, and rushes back and gets there just in time.
0: (laughs) This is the question.
1: To either cradle her brother by the side of the road after Mia decides instead to throw herself into traffic, or to sneak up behind Mia and shove her into traffic, saving her little brother. And I don't remember which of those things happened.
0: The trouble with this movie is that we paid to rent it, so we can't... uh... We can't just go back and look. But we we had different ideas on what happened there, I think. And and I, I thought that Jade came up and pushed Mia to save her brother.
1: I think more so the trouble with this movie is that it was simultaneously not interesting enough and also too chaotic at the end for us to know what happened
0: they didn't show it it was definitely like she came up and then mia was in the road it jumped ahead to that yeah and so we didn't really see but the impression i got was that she shoved mia
1: my my impression was that mia at the last second like regained some control of her body flung herself into the road to stop the demon from killing riley and that jade happened to be there just in that time and like you know and then there is comforting and holding on to her brother, you know, but, but showed up after the fact. Yeah. I don't, I honestly don't know what happened though. Did you notice that the way Mia was on the road and the way that they had like an overhead, like looking down drone shot of her body on the road, that her body was shaped very similarly to the kangaroo?
0: I thought you were going to say that. Mm -hmm. I did not notice, but fun. Mm -hmm. So this whole movie was penance for not for not running for not murdering over the kangaroo. the kangaroo properly.
1: I don't know. I guess. So I guess there's something to be said about Jade being the one to save her brother. But I liked the idea that there was still some part of Mia left mm-hmm. inside and that at the last second she was able to like have a little bit of redemption. I mean, she has killed her dad. She has yes. done all kinds of terrible things, but that at the last second she has this this moment of redemption in saving Riley because she really did. Like she loved him like a little brother. Like yeah. she, she did not herself did not want to harm him. Well,
0: I mean, from my point of view, you're saying, you know, you keep saying she, she regained control and stuff. from my point of view, I don't think she ever was out of control at any point. I feel that she was just, misled you know like she was she was choosing to do all of these things because of what she was seeing and thinking so i think i mean whether she came back and decided to Get rid of herself versus him does just I don't know making a good choice. <laughs> it's, it's redemption, definitely. I but mean,
1: I mean, I I agree. I think it was a mental thing, but I think it was like there. She had a moment of clarity mm-hmm. where she realized what she was doing because, like, when she killed her dad, she didn't know what she was doing. Like she, did she not know. She thought she was fighting for her life against him, so it felt like like she was in this haze of what the ghosts were telling her and you know the hallucinations yeah. were telling her and then at the last second she had a moment of clarity and was able realize that she had a decision to make that it was her or riley and she decided self sacrifice rather than harming him and you know considering that earlier on the reason he got hurt was because she was careless with him i mean essentially yeah she let him do something dangerous When if she had said, absolutely not, you are not allowed to do this, none of this would have happened.
0: Yeah, it was really on her. This was was all about her mistakes and problems.
1: Mm, Yeah.
0: I found myself engaged in this film, Solange. It's got a lot of things going for it that really appeal to me. It is a small scale story. It's not, you know the end of the world. It's just these people in their own little personal danger. It's very clear-cut about what it's doing and how the rules work and whatever. Like It all made perfect sense. I was never like, they can't do that. It's all just what it was. Just visions and tricking people it was very personal like emotional like all the people like they all had reasons to have the issues they had and they were coming at each other and getting real mad at each other about all kinds of things and i like how it resolved so all good things i just think it was good i just found it uh fast-paced and enjoyable so good movie and i think it's an interesting new story like it doesn't match up with anything else i've seen really I mean, it's it's possession and it's Ouija boards and that kind of thing. But also it, it took this idea, you know, the drug metaphor of them hanging out and having parties with this thing, which I thought was going to be really bad because it was so, you know, it takes the supernatural, makes it mundane. Like, you know, hey, we're just using it over and over again and mm-hmm. doing this. And it did start out feeling like that. But then it took it places to where, oh, it is a problem. And it started off as a small problem, and it got bigger, and it became terrible. And I like that. So I just overall, it was a real positive vibe for me. So I enjoyed myself, and I'm going to give it four and a half scissors out of five.
1: Okay, that's fair. I don't disagree with any of the things that you said. I especially agree with the idea of how well they did the drug metaphor because it, it was obvious. You know, it's not like they were trying to be sneaky about it or anything. It was very like right there. But it also wasn't they weren't beating you over the head with it. It was just like, this is what we're doing. We we took drugs. Yeah. No, we didn't take drugs. We we took the idea of drug addiction and we said, What if possession was the thing you were addicted to. Yeah. And how would it, you know, and then it went bad the same sort of way that drug addictions can go bad. I, and I, I just, I thought it translated really well. I agree that the movie was done well. And for the most part, I, I really was engaged in the movie. Like it it was new. It was interesting. There was something though about the ending where I, and maybe it was just me and my frame of mind or, you know, that I was tired or whatever was going on at the end. Or maybe this is why I have to take so many notes because I just start to drift after, Uh you know, two hours of watching a movie. But I, I kind of lost the thread a little bit at the end. And then because it picked up in pace even more than it already was. And because it was a little chaotic, I mean, that's the horror form, right? Like it yeah. was intentionally disjointed and, yeah, and whatever. didn't
0: know what was going on all the time.
1: Right. But that combination of things leaves me feeling like the end was kind of not as tight as it could be. Mm. So I don't think that's necessarily true. I think it was probably fine.
0: You don't have to blame yourself but if you can blame the movie
1: i wasn't going to blame myself i was going to say i think the movie was probably tight enough at the end but if it didn't hold my interest enough then it doesn't matter if it's tight because no you're not paying attention like there was something that was off or i was tired i don't know so now i am blaming myself. don't
0: blame yourself
1: all of that being said i am going to give it four scissors out of five it was good. Oh, I, I definitely good. think that people would enjoy this movie if they enjoy like kind of traditional horror story yeah. kinds of I things. I mean, it's you know, it's the
0: teenagers getting murdered deal.
1: Yeah. Which but like fun. you said, new, yeah. you know, so, a, a kind of newer idea on that concept. Yeah. I liked it.
0: Plus, you don't get a lot of kangaroos in American movies.
1: No, it was very interesting that... Like, And we both predicted that (laughs) when we realized that they were looking at something in the road. But it was funny to think, like, oh, yeah, that's, like, their deer in the road, right? (laughs) Like, that's the animal that is crossing the road and getting hit by cars all the time, commonly. It was interesting. Fight the horror of a world gone mad. It's 2024, people. That means it's an election year, and that means you're going to have to listen to me. Go on about politics at the end of this podcast.
0: We've got work to do if we want to save our democracy, which is falling apart at the seams.
1: Indeed. So I'm back with my hot political tip. And where I'm going to start, and the way I'm going to connect it to this movie, is that because 2024 is now, and because the primaries are only a month and a half, two months away... And because the general election is only 10 months away. Gasp. And furthermore, because our election finance laws are garbage.
0: Garbage.
1: We are going to be inundated with political ads between now and the end of this year.
0: And like ghosts, they're all liars.
1: Well, that is my political tip. Oh, sorry. My political tip is be careful who you listen to. The political ads are coming. They are 112% propaganda. And you should not base any of your decisions on the things political campaign ads tell you. It's like ghost demons pretending to be your dead mom telling you to stab your dad.
0: It's exactly the same. Yeah.
1: Very much. So instead, please go meet your candidates if you can, if they are local, go talk to them, ask them questions, read about them, go look up their uh, voting records. There are ways that you can do that. The Texas legislature online has the voting records of all of your Texas senators and House representatives. And congress.gov is where you can go to look up all of the voting records for federal bills. So your U.S. senators and house representatives. There are ways to see how they voted. That's going to tell you what they're going to do in the future. Not whatever lies and nonsense they are telling you so that you will go vote for them. Yeah. So don't shake hands with demons during this election season.
0: You could get COVID.
1: That's a whole other rant. COVID's a real deal. Mm. Don't shake hands with anybody. Mm.
0: Demons or not.
1: I like it. I'm down with that.
0: That's my uh, hot immunological tip
1: sounds good all right so we're back we will be back again next week with another movie and more
0: propaganda
1: political rantings
0: awesome see you then everybody bye bye today with solange no, we're not
1: we're not doing that that's this year. not ASMR. that was a 2023 thing ASMR. we're not bringing that into no, 2024 it it leave was it was behind a, i i didn't bring it
0: i was being fun were you yeah i guess i won't be fun anymore okay